Loving God, set us free from all that holds us back from finding our rest in you. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. One of the best feelings in the world, at least as I have experienced it, is actually the lack of feeling. When you've been in pain, and that pain goes away, it is one of the most wonderful feelings there is. Sometimes it's a sunburn, sometimes a headache, sometimes a pulled muscle, sometimes the relief only comes after you've had surgery to fix a knee, shoulder, or back, but there's simply nothing like the feeling of relief. That release from pain, which we might call liberation or salvation, is what God intends for us all. And one of the ways that God seeks to grant us this relief is through the Sabbath. Now we heard the narrative in Luke that it happened on one Sabbath, which in the Jewish and biblical context is a Saturday, a woman who had been deformed with back pain for 18 years came into the temple. Now Luke traditionally is remembered as a physician, so he knows a thing or two about physical ailments, and he notes that the cause of her infirmity was that she had a spirit, which is a way of saying that this was more than a herniated disc. Something deeper was going on. And before we dismiss Luke for being ignorant about modern medicine and point out that he did not take an x-ray to confirm this diagnosis, we do ourselves a disservice if we try to sever the link between the physical and the spiritual. The way we feel greatly impacts our bodies. We know this. Stress wreaks havoc on our health. Depression often has physical manifestations as well as psychological ones. Anger takes a toll on our vital organs. Now, we don't know what was burdening this woman. Perhaps it was worries about her children, guilt over something that she had or had not done, or anxiety about what people thought about her. But whatever that spirit was that she was carrying, it manifested itself in such a way that she was curved in on herself, unable to stand up straight. And that is what sin does to us all. It makes us unable to stand up straight in the image that God gifted to us. Now, to be very clear, I am not saying that all physical ailments are the cause of our sins, just that there is more of a connection between our body and our soul than we might often think there is. And so Jesus comes to her on the Sabbath day and touches her, thereby setting her free from her ailment. She immediately stands up and praises God and how easy it is to forget that step. We pray to God when we're in trouble and then we are rescued and we just get back to normal and we forget about praising God. She is a great example to us all. But the problem with this whole incident is that it happened on the Sabbath. We know from the creation poem of Genesis that on the seventh day, God finished all the work of creation and God rested on the seventh day from all the work that had been done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it. And then in the Ten Commandments we read, Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, 
But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work. Now at this point in the gospel narrative, Jesus has been upsetting the apple carts of tradition and authority. Jesus has previously violated Sabbath commandments, healed the sick, cast out demons, raised the dead, and rebuked religious leaders. All things that were making people wonder if he just might be the Messiah. Now later in this chapter, Jesus begins receiving death threats because he is challenging too many sincerely held religious beliefs and assumptions. And in doing so, Jesus is redefining what the Sabbath means. It had generally been interpreted, and it still is today, that the Sabbath is about not doing anything. And depending on how strict the observance is, that can mean no cooking, no cleaning, no using electricity, no doing anything job-related, no healing. Even those who interpret the Sabbath more liberally, the Sabbath is about stopping, about not doing certain things. And so this healing was a violation of that commandment. But Jesus challenges this interpretation of the Sabbath as a law to keep and suggests that instead the Sabbath is a reality to remember and enter into. Jesus cites a widely accepted law that said that if you had an injured animal on the Sabbath, you could nurse it back to health. And so he uses a lesser to greater argument. How much more then ought this woman be liberated today? She's been waiting 18 years already and ought not to wait one day more. This truth was spoken by Martin Luther King when he said justice delayed is justice denied. And Jesus is not in the denial business. Jesus says there's no reason why this woman ought not to be healed and set free on the Sabbath day. And in doing so, Jesus redefines the purpose of Sabbath. It's not about ceasing from work. Rather, it is about receiving the freedom from all those things that hold us in bondage. Now, sometimes what keeps us in pain is physical. And through physicians, nurses, therapists, surgeons, and medicine, God very much seeks to heal us. But we are held in bondage to so many other things. Our need to be right. Our need to have others think well of us. Our competitive spirits. Our thirst for power. Our abuse of the planet and natural resources. Our desire for vengeance our insatiable appetite for more when it comes to money. We are held in captivity by things so much bigger than us. Sexism, racism, classism, consumerism. And Jesus comes to liberate us from these forces because they prevent us from receiving the abundant grace and love that God wants us to know and flourish in. The Sabbath is one way that God seeks to give us this liberation. But what exactly does it even mean to keep the Sabbath? Well, the idea of stopping is correct. It's just 
Stopping is not the purpose of the Sabbath. It's just the first step. The Sabbath is about remembering a different rhythm of things, which means we need to get off that proverbial treadmill that we are all on. You know, we say that hindsight is 2020. Well, it doesn't have to be hindsight. It could also be present sight, as we do when Jesus suggests to consider the birds of the air and the lilies of the field. When was the last time we stopped to consider that? Our world is so fast-paced that it can be hard to stop. News travels the world in seconds. In previous generations, that would have taken days, even weeks, to know what happened on the other side of the world. Humans have not evolved to know so many things at the same time, and it is a burden to us. We hardly ever let our imaginations run anymore because we always have a TV on in the background or earbuds in our ears or a phone in our hand to pacify our inability to sit alone with our thoughts. And so having time to stop really is vital to our spiritual and physical well-being. Maybe that means no phone on Sunday afternoons no spending money on Saturdays, not checking work email after church, whatever it is, the first step is to stop giving ourselves so willingly over to the things that we are captive to. And if you want to know how to tell if you're captive to something, if you say, well, I couldn't not fill in the blank, then that means you are as bound up as that woman was. Another way to stop is holy fasting, where you intentionally abstain from something for a period of time each week. Maybe that means no meat on Fridays, or a certain type of drink, or putting your phone away on Saturdays. These are not things that we do to punish ourselves. It's about fasting, about intentionally giving something up, setting it aside for a while, so we can focus more on family or listening to God, or just letting our mind wander. As I've already mentioned, when the woman is liberated, she immediately begins to praise, and that is what the Sabbath is all about. For us Christians, we understand the Sabbath to fall, not on Saturday, but on Sunday, because it is on Sunday that we remember and celebrate that Christ has given us our ultimate salvation and liberation by his resurrection on the first day of the week. It is important to remember that the Sabbath for us begins the week, not ends it. The Sabbath is not at the finish line. It is the starting line. Now, it seems like a small mental shift to remember that the week begins on Sunday and not Monday, but it has a real impact. We don't slog through the week so that we can collapse by the time we get to Sabbath and get a little bit of rest. No, instead we start with rest by praising God and remembering all that God has done for us. And then we take with us into the week that sense of grace and peace and enoughness. 
And this is why the Sabbath is about both remembering and anticipating. On the Sabbath, we remember all that God has done for us, all the ways that we have seen and known the love of God in this world, all of the blessings that have been given to us, and even the challenges that we face that bring us closer to God, to acknowledge our reliance on God. And remembering all of these things, the Sabbath helps us to focus on what truly matters. And we also anticipate the fullness of this rest into eternity, when we will live fully in that peace that passes all understanding, when we can truly say that all things are well, when we are with Jesus in the place that he has prepared for us. And this is why Eucharistic praise is so important on the Sabbath. The Eucharist allows us to taste and see the goodness of the Lord as we gather in God's beloved community and are fed from God's abundant love. Now, one of the challenges to keeping the Sabbath is how unsabbath-like our world is. Our society, our economy, our psychologies demand us to always be on the go. We have a fear of missing out if we take any time away from work or news or the social media. But you know what? Even if our phone doesn't ding when there's breaking news or an email to check, everything's going to be okay. When we mortgage our Sabbath time, though, for raises, promotions, or higher productivity, truly we are casting our pearls before swine. Now, we can come up with plenty of reasons why practically we cannot observe the Sabbath. But the truth of the matter is that the Sabbath is what enables us to be liberated from all of those things that keep us from the life of grace that God desires for us. And to be clear about this, I'm not talking about blue laws. Keeping the Sabbath is not for sports leagues, movie theaters, or malls to keep. It is something for us as followers of Jesus to keep. And it doesn't have to start out as a 24-hour period. You can start with a four-hour Sabbath and then move it on up to eight and then 12. And it's okay if there are failures along the way. God is always ready to meet us with grace and mercy in our failures and do-overs. Another thing that keeps us from practicing Sabbath is that it's easy to be like the authorities in this passage. We can focus so much on the rules of who's allowed to be liberated that we end up being tools of the demonic that keep people in their bondage. To put it simply, if we use rule following as an example or as an excuse to deny people the grace that God intends for them, well, then we might be doing work that is evil. The passage shows us that very earnest and very religious people can align themselves with evil in the name of maintaining tradition. If we find ourselves defending the rules and the norms before we are standing up for people, then we just might be part of the bondage. And one last barrier to Sabbath is the question of whether or not we let Jesus touch us. 
Jesus comes to us to set us free and to give us rest. But sometimes we are just so used to being captive that we insist that things being broken is okay. The woman was touched by Jesus and then found healing, but do we keep Jesus at an arm's distance? Do our schedules and priorities keep us away from God's healing grace? Now, to be sure, God is like a St. Bernard rescue dog who will stop at nothing to track us down and save us. But we can make that process take a lot longer than it needs to. And so one way to begin would be to name before God the things that you find yourself captive to and ask God to help you find freedom. And don't be surprised if God's help comes through other people. Let them help you when the time comes. I'll close with the collect for morning prayer on Saturdays. Almighty God, who after the creation of the world rested from all your works and sanctified a day of rest for all your creatures, grant that we, putting away all earthly anxieties, may be duly prepared for the service of your sanctuary and that our rest here upon earth may be a preparation for the eternal rest promised to your people in heaven through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.